Welcome to the OA Light a Candle meeting. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find several speaker feeds with over a thousand speaker files and a place to donate to keep this meeting active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Peggy. Thank you. Hi, everybody. My name is Peggy. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, and thank you to my friend Katie for inviting me here to speak this evening. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, just to qualify, I've been in program um, about a little over 10 years, and I, I took a candle in February for 10 years of abstinence, and I'm very grateful for that. And uh, I have... For the last 10 years, I have um, had the good grace to be able to maintain maybe a 40-pound weight loss, 35, 40-pound weight loss, and uh, I'm a compulsive overeater and a compulsive dieter, and so to be, for me to be my age, which is not a happy-go-lucky age, um, and, have a, and have a healthy body weight is literally a, a, you know, a miracle for me, so I'm very grateful to be here. Um, I just wanted to, to do one little thing before I start, and that is, um, it's in Dr. Bob's Nightmare in the big book, and it's one of my favorite favorite little passages, and I was thinking as I was driving here, I'm a little nervous because it's a big group and, you know, it's being recorded, um, but that doesn't matter um, because uh, it's just my story. I get to tell my story. It's the only story I don't, you know, I know. So um, anyway, here, here it is. Um, this is Dr. Bob. I spend a great deal of time passing on what I learned to others who want and need it badly. I do it for four reasons. Number one a sense of duty. Number two, it is a pleasure. Number three, because in doing so, I am paying my debt to the man who took time to pass it on to me. And number four, because every time I do it, I take out a little more insurance for myself against a possible slip. And that's pretty awesome. And, uh, and I just love that passage, and that's one of the reasons why I'm here, because the only way I recover is to recover from those, you know, from, from what he was just talking about there. So um, I, guess, I guess to begin, I'll just say, um, maybe I'll just talk about, like, what it was like and what, what happened and what, it, what it's like now. So what it was like was, was that I am, uh, I grew up in New York, and I'm the product of a, they told me not to, uh, not to uh, curse, so I'm going to try to tamp it down. So I grew up in a big Irish Catholic family, and they were absolutely marvelous. Like, like, no, like the salt of the earth. But here's my thing. I grew up in this household, lots of kids, there were five of us, and, um, and in my house, it was, you know, it was real sort of blue collar. And for me, the compulsive overeater, clearly, from the time, you know, I was probably born, um, yes, as a matter of fact, from the time I was born, because my mother later told me she nursed all the kids, and she had an inverted nipple from nursing me. And I truly think later on, I said, hey, Ma, I figured that out. I figured what happened. I'm a compulsive overeater. Poor thing. I must have just 
you know, nearly killed her. But anyway, grew up in this big Irish Catholic family, and I could never, ever get enough. It was just about that. So I can remember growing up and being really young and sitting around the table and Mom putting the food down, and we'd all be, like, reaching for it and reaching for it. And, you know, just like, for me... Like like a hungry child that had never eaten before, grabbing for it. I could never get enough. And where I always felt, and in a way, there was rationing. We were pretty poor. I mean, we were pretty, it was, you know, the 50s, and it was, you know, dad would get laid off, and the, the skim milk and the powdered milk would come out and things like that. And I would just, you know, the food to me, that was that was everything. So so for me, and then just one little anecdotal thing, I just like to, I like to tell this story because in my later years with my siblings, uh, who know about my my uh, my diseases? Um, this is just sort of a family story, and that is, and it's emblematic of why you know how it affects me. Is that growing up? So my mom and dad were the great lovers of all time, and my dad always said to my mother, Dorothy, I'm a lover, not a plumber. Okay, and so everything in that house, besides all the love and all the little amounts of food, everything was falling apart. Everything, and so. Um, we had a refrigerator that the door handle fell off the refrigerator. Now, in today's world, you'd get it fixed. But back then, my father let it go for like four years. And the only way you could open up that refrigerator, compulsive overeater here, open up the refrigerator was with a screwdriver. Okay? And so that's how you did it. You had the screwdriver, and you would open up the refrigerator. Now... We only had one refrigerator in the house. My, we had a second car, and the ignition socket fell out, and my dad figured out a way to start the car with the screwdriver. So if anybody was out driving the car, you couldn't eat. And that was the way it went, and that was it. And, oh, yeah, it was great, and I told that story at my dad's funeral and all that stuff. But for me, the compulsive overeater, when somebody pulled out of that driveway, I was having a panic attack because I was never going to be able to get into the refrigerator. So so that's kind of where I come from. And, you know, the interesting thing, and I'm so grateful for this, is that I found out that, you know what, it wouldn't have mattered, no matter what. Nothing was ever enough. So I could never get my fair share. Never, ever, ever. Whether it was growing up in the house or beyond that, I'm a compulsive overeater. And that's, and that's where I am true and true. So I, you know, I'm not only a compulsive overeater, but I'm also a compulsive dieter. So that's how I grew up, and that's how it started. And then in my teens, I was always sort of chubby. And then in my teens, I kind of built, built on that. And, and I was very active. I was a cheerleader and all that. I was like the, I was the chubby cheerleader. And, um, and really, they didn't have chubby cheerleaders back then. 1960s, they just didn't have them. But I was one of them. And, um, and that's just the way it was. And that was sort of, well, that's just the way it is. I snuck it. I stole. I, I, I did all the things that we talk about, okay? And I was always on a diet. I was always on a diet. It was just, it was one diet after the other. And I started probably at the age of 15, and that was it. I was on the roller coaster. And I never, it never stopped. It never, ever stopped until I came in the rooms. And interestingly enough, the only time it took a little pause was I, I, I have two sons and I was pregnant twice and it took a pause because during my pregnancies for some reason, 
and I remember saying to my husband, wow, it's like I have permission to eat. I ate so beautifully. I ate beautifully when I was pregnant. It was like because my head is so screwed up around food. That's, that's just it. So um, anyway, that's just a byproduct. So that's kind of what it was like, building up, building up. Um, I'm also, um, just for a little background, because i got a lot of time here. Forty minutes is a long time. But um, for a little background, I'm also uh, clean and sober for probably, um, I think it's 36 years now. And that, my, my being sober around alcohol and drugs, um, I did not go through the 12 steps. I just stopped. Like one of my siblings came to me and said, Peggy, you know something's got to happen and I and and I got so scared I was so frightened that I just stopped and I never did anything I went to a couple of AA meetings but that was it and so I am truly an addict inside and out and so um, I say that because that's my story and so for me I've come through the back end and found the big book, and it is um, a joy. The big book is just awesome. So OA is my program. It's my home program. Ultimately, I mean, the, the alcohol and the drugs, they don't, they, they're not even like on my radar screen anymore in a way. I mean, sometimes every now and then I'll go, oh, that looks so pretty. But, um, but it's not mine, and, and I don't get to have that. So, um, so, yeah, so dieting and all of that, and that's the way it was. Okay, so the best part about this is, is, that, is that I found my way here. And, um, and so I, uh, when I came in the rooms about ten years ago, it's kind of hard for me even to just, like, envision this back then. I was really at a pretty low point. And um, I was... Um, Losing my identity, I had a career that was sort of in the toilet, and that career was in the toilet. The boys have two sons, two beautiful, wonderful sons, and my second son was leaving for college. The other one had moved away, and my whole identity, so my identity as who my career, and now I could always back, have the backup of mom that was that was lost as well. So that, not lost, but it was like, that's go, that was going to happen. Okay, it was like my son's senior year in high school. So that's going to happen. Now, like, what are you going to do? And so my eating was just out of control. I was just eating, 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 and just, um, you know, out of control. And really, besides the eating, just sort of in the depths of a midlife, you know, Midlife crisis, I would say, clearly a midlife crisis. And so here's what happened. I went on vacation with one of my um, oldest friends from, like, third grade back in New York. I just spoke with her this morning. She is my darling. And uh, we went to uh, some fancy place somewhere on a Martha's Vineyard or something, and we had, like, some broken-down house there or something, and there were maybe three or four of the, us girls. And... I hadn't seen her in a while, and we met at the little airport, and she was completely different. You know, I hadn't seen her in probably two years, and she had found OA. And she just, it was everything that they say that it's supposed to be. It was like she had what I wanted. She, and, you know, I've, I've grown enough, and I'm old enough to know not to say certain things, so I certainly didn't ask her what she did, what she did, I, none of that. All I know is that she was absolutely beautiful from the inside out. She had lost a lot of weight. And so we had a week together, and I got to see 
what she did. It was just the perfect, it was like being stuck together in like, you know, our own little world. And our other friend is also, she's in like 45 12-step programs. So I had all these, I, there were big books everywhere and there were all this stuff. And I was very open about my own alcoholism and my own drug use. And so I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I don't do that anymore and I'm clean and sober and all that. And so there was my friend. So I, I'm an early riser. She was an early riser. She would get up in the morning. She'd be sitting on a little rocking chair and she'd have her little for today white book and there she was thin happy um, and as I said beautiful from the inside out and I was like hey what are you reading you know so like, hey what are you reading and she said well you know it's this book and I you know and she showed me the book and she started to tell me what the thing was so there we were and I had the week there with her and as, I, as we're there and I'm I'm sort of you know now I'm like can I borrow the book and I'm now I'm you know now I'm taking her place in the rocking chair on the porch and I'm reading the book and I clearly knew this I knew that I I belong here. I was a I was a member for sure. But what I got to do because we were so together for the week, I got to see what she was eating. So now I'm seeing what she's reading. I'm seeing what she's eating, and what she's eating is like I'm sitting there and I'm going, she doesn't look like she's on a diet. And she and her thing was like, I don't eat sugar, and that's how she lost all that weight. She 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 her sugar was her thing, and that was it. And she doesn't eat sugar. And I was like, wow. That's pretty awesome. And we'd go out to dinner, and we'd have a beautiful dinner, and she didn't have dessert. And I was like, wow, I wonder what it'd be like if I didn't have dessert. <laughs> I wonder what that would feel like, you know? And so I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to have dessert either, and I'll meet you back on the rocking chair in the morning. <laughs> and so um, that's sort of what had happened. So I went back. That was in September, 10 years ago, well, or 11 years ago in September, and it took me till November, till the day after Thanksgiving, to get to a meeting. I I could not get to a meeting. I just, I was just too afraid because I thought I would never be able to eat again. So, uh, so, so I, I, it took me a long time, and then finally, it took my everybody home for the holiday, and my little nephew, who was maybe three or four, poor kid, he was looking for the last of the candy that was in the candy dish, you know, and he was like, well, "Where's the candy?" I had eaten the last of the candy, and here I am, I'm, I, you know, I'm like, I'm this grown adult, right, and. I did not say anything. You'd think I would have said, oh, I'm sorry, little kid. I'm the one that ate it. I never fessed up, nothing, you know, so there it was. So I, I thought, you know, I think it might be time to go to a meeting. So I did. I went to my first meeting over in Hollywood. I went there. There were two people there. Two people, the day, and it was a writing meeting, and, and, and like, oh, I hate it, I hate to write, and so it's a write, you got to sit down and write, well, I went, and you know what, it was awesome, so I went, I knew it was the place for me, I wrote, I did whatever, and then, they, then it was like, everybody is so friendly, and so nice, and they told me what to do, and you know what, I'm going to just say something, since I came in the door, I'm here 10 years, I've tried to the best of my ability to just do what they tell me what to do because because that's the way. This is like right? Like look at look at this guy. I mean, you know, Dr. Bob. I mean, so I just tried to do that. So I said, what do I do? They said, well, go to six meetings and see if it's for you. So I went to six meetings and I said, okay, now what do I do? And they say, go find a sponsor. I said, okay, where do I find a sponsor? So some some girl in one of the Hollywood meetings, she said, like, go to the go to that place over on, in Beverly Hills uh, by the park. 
on Sunday morning, Serenity Sunday, you'll find a sponsor there. And I always describe it this way. This is like my favorite part. It's like it's like a bad bar in New York at 4 o'clock in the morning. It's like if you say, I need a sponsor, they just like glom on you. It's like the end of the line. And that's how I found, that's how I found, that's how I found the sponsor. That is how I found the sponsor. They said, who needs a sponsor? I raised my hand. I'm a 54-year-old at the time. Now, 64, happy, happy. And 54. And I raised my hand, and this very young woman, she was like, I don't know, 18 or 19. She said, like, okay, I'll be your sponsor. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. She said, okay, I just want to tell you, I'm a lesbian, and I'm 18, but I've been in program for two years, and I know what I'm doing, and here we go. And so I said, what do I do? And she said, just call me tomorrow at 7. And that was it. And she, she, every year, she moved to, she moved to, she moved up north to another to another country, to Canada. And, oh, that woman, she just was so wonderful. And I had no idea what it would be. I thought you would, you know, I had at least had a little bit of program in me by then, and I thought, well, you know, I guess we're going to talk about the steps, which we did. But in addition to that, she started helping me with, like, and the steps started helping me with life. Started saying, you know what, you have something else besides this career that's in the toilet, which, by the way, it's still in the toilet, but it's still night I'm ready to flush I'm not ready to flush so that career is still like for the 10 years the career you know still here and then she held my hand literally and and helped me through the steps and then she helped me through like you know developing another resume which I had a huge other resume and 10 years ago six months into program I found the job that I still have now which is like an add-on job which is a perfect like sideline job I call it my add-on career it could not it was it's the career of my dreams to go along with the other career so that was six months of program and that sponsor took me I had no idea that's where we were going I thought we were, I was just going to go on another diet with God that's really what I thought I thought it's like okay it's just going to be another diet but we'll go on it with God that's not the way it works that's not the way it works so what did we do we went through the steps and then she said you know tell me what your foods are and I named my alcoholic foods and she said you know are you willing to abstain from the foods that bother you so here here's what I do and still to this day and this is another miracle and that is I have uh Maybe I've added just a few, but in, in the 10 years, I have maybe seven or eight, can't remember, there's the miracle, of my alcoholic foods. And there are times when I can't, two weeks or three weeks can go by, and I cannot remember one or two, I, I can't remember them. Now, that could be my age, but it could also, I, I, I literally, they're so far away from my memory. So I, my abstinence, this is, it's a, this is my abstinence, and, 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 and here it is, is that uh, my abstinence is I do not eat my alcoholic foods, and, and that's it. And they're, like I said, there's seven or eight of them, and I've had kicking and screaming added a few to the list. You know, only, you know, the road gets narrower, and they say that, and I've really, really felt it the last couple of years. I've really felt it. Um, I'll get to that when I get to that. But um, but that that is my abstinence, and I worked on that with that sponsor, and she started to take me through the steps, and then um, she... I was, I, I, we were on the fourth step, 
and I finished my fourth step with her, and then I had surpassed her. So she said, Peggy, you need to find somebody else. She was such a kind, fabulous woman. And I was very sad to do that, but like I said in the beginning, I just did whatever they told me. And she said, you got to find somebody else. So I found another sponsor, and that's who I've been working with for the last, whatever that is, eight years. And um, and that sponsor was a little easier to find, but uh, by then, because I had my meetings. Um, and so um, I... That's what happened, okay. So I, the weight just came off, and it was, it was the first time ever, with the exception, as I mentioned, of being pregnant. Not that I, I didn't lose weight when I was pregnant, but I did not gain a lot of weight, and I have big, big babies. Um, and 11 pounds, 2 ounces, by the wow. way. Yeah. So, uh, exactly. The, ner- the nurse, as she was walking out, I said, oh, nurse, please don't give him any sugar water on breastfeeding. And she said, he's going to walk down to Cantor's for a corned beef on <laughs> Don't worry about the sugar water, honey. So, anyway, okay, so now for the first time, this weight was just going without any kind of a diet, with just the steps and God. And I learned, and I just, you know, tried to do what what they said, and so I, I... I just did it, and, and uh, I would go to my meetings, and then I was like, well, what do I do next? And she said, you have to sponsor. You have to be a sponsor. Oh, my God, how can I do that? Well, we do it. Look at, here it is, Dr. Bob. It's like I send it out to the man who gave it to me because otherwise that's an insurance. It's like an insurance policy. I have to have my earthquake insurance. I have to have this insurance. My insurance is my sponsees. That's the way it works. If you're working the program and you don't have your sponsees, if it's all about self, it, it doesn't work as balanced as, as when you when you have those uh, sponsees. So 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 that's, that's, that's what happened. What I do is I just work it to the best of my ability. And, you know, sometimes, you know, there's all different ways to work this program and through the years I'm here 10 years and I go to a pretty much you know not a whole lot of different meetings but you know I've been back to New York and sometimes you hear things and they work things differently there and um, you know um, it just it, it, I, I, I abstain from my alcoholic foods and sometimes my food gets a little dicey and sometimes I eat too much and um, I will have those meals but here's the thing so here's how I do my, my food I, uh, I've got my alcoholic foods. I um, so on a daily basis. Let me see. I don't know how, quite how to do this. Um, I, I guess I'll just say what's coming into my head. Well, on a daily basis, for right now, this is what I'm doing, and this is where the roads got narrower because I never used to do. I used to wake up in the morning and in my head, in the bed, I'd say the third step prayer, not the first or second, just the third. You know, just help me through the day. Da da da. Do that. Do my food. I always sent my food to my sponsor. Always, and I always, always sent it after I ate it. Okay, that's always been my pattern was to send it after I eat it because I spent so many years as a compulsive dieter writing in a journal, paying money to write it in a journal and have somebody else and commit it before and then all of the shame and all of the heartache and all of the empty pocketbook. So I have this thing about wanting to do it after. But the road does get narrower, and I have come in, you know, I've come across some times where I've had to report it ahead of time because that's the only safe thing for me to do. It's, it's not safe for me to be out there in the world uh, sometimes without, without making a plan ahead. So, um, so that's, that's uh, so, 
So um, that's that's what I've always done. Um, I have sponsees who I sponsor, and they call me, and uh, I've got my time set up. And right now I have four, probably three and a half right now. My sponsor, I used to have two, and my sponsor said, no, no, no. You have to have at least more than two because somebody's going to be out the door. They're going to come back. They come in and out. They come back and forth, you know, just like a bad boyfriend. So they come back and forth, <laughs> and, and that's the truth. And so then you're left without enough sponsees, or you only have one sponsee or something like that. So I do right now have four, uh, three and a half, as I said. And uh, I take my calls, and I work the program to the best of my ability. I go to my meetings. I try to be of service, and um, and I, let's see, what else do I do? So here's where the road has gotten narrower. And that is, and I'm not so happy about that because I like to go along and I like things to, you know, kind of go along. Um, before I get to the road getting narrower, let me just mention a few things that I think before I forget as I'm saying it. You know, I grew up, uh, I mentioned, you know, that I was Irish Catholic and I grew up in that. In, uh, the, 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 the God of my childhood is not the God that I necessarily carry with me now. But I always miss that God and I left that, I left that behind. Um, the organized religion. I left it behind the minute that whatever those papers are at 18, it's like I'll see you. So long. So, so I let that I let that go, and that was my decision, and happily so. But from program, what? And, and I always sort of missed the whole idea of it. I missed the idea of a higher power, and I always believed that something was out there. But uh, now. Thank you, God, for this program. I get to have a God of my own understanding. And this, this program is so beautiful, the way it's designed. I'm just in awe of how it's designed and how, um, I, I don't know, I, I kind of think this book is kind of brilliant. It's, it's, it's like they were pretty smart for a bunch of white guys back in 1930s. I mean, they really, really, they, they're, when I really read this and I really get it, so I am thrilled to have, thank you, I am thrilled to have somewhere to go with this. I'm so thrilled to have somewhere to go with this idea of a higher power, and I've had to rely on that. So one of the things before I just steering into, I want to say what it's like now. My life is really beautiful. Remember that midlife crisis I was in? Kids are gone. They're beautiful. They're wonderful. <laughs> they're, they're wonderful young men, and interestingly enough, I, I, you know, they have, they are with women who are big women, and perhaps even compulsive overeaters. I don't know, but guess what? Guess what? I don't get to be that person to go anything. I mean, at all. I get to go somewhere and love them. I love them and I love the women they're with and what they eat and how they look and their size and everything else has nothing to do with me. That's another thing. That's the beauty of this. I have somewhere to go with that. So that's a gorgeous thing. Okay? Um, and I have to pray on that. Believe me, that is something that I have to pray about and I have to because I want them to be healthy. I just want them to be okay. I want them to be healthy and I want them to, um, you know, you know, not hurt themselves with food. So I get to pray about it, and that's a relief right there. So through these 10 years, I've been through kind of a lot. And, you know, I, my parents lost, you know, our sweet lovers, the, the Irish Catholic and the, with the, you know, mom and dad, and my youngest brother is disabled, and all of my life, when I first started working with my sponsor, 
she always reminds me, she says, Peggy, I can remember you, you. I was so worried about my brother. We always spent our, what's going to happen to him? What's going to happen to him? Oh, my God. In my wildest dreams, we never could. We knew we'd always be taken care of. But, oh, my God, my youngest brother is just, like, living the life of his dreams. He's living in a group home, and he goes to a theater program every day, and he sings, and he dances, and he sings. It's beyond any of our wildest dreams. Okay? That is, we used to sit around and cry, like, what's going to happen to David when mommy and daddy die? What's going to happen to David? Oh, my God. I just talked to him because I was here so early. I just talked to him in the car. And he's like, yeah, going to Bermuda. Going to Bermuda in June. I said, Dave, I'm coming in. Going to Bermuda. You know, so that, okay, so to get through the death of my parents and the kids going off, our older son has a couple little glitches there. We were worried about him. He's fantastic. He's fabulous. Um, And it's just life, right? And here we are. And so I am incredibly grateful um, because I I do have this beautiful life that I can do without um, eating compulsively and without um, abusing food. And um, I have a husband who, I I just have to share this because this is pretty funny because you just put up that sign that said 10 minutes and I was leaving today and I said, he was watching the Masters of the Golf and all that and I said, well, I'm going, I have to, I have to talk for 30 minutes. And he said, I'm sure you'll have no trouble, Peggy. <laughs> Where do I go home and tell him I have to talk for 40 minutes? I can't wait. He's so incredibly supportive. He's so incredibly supportive. We know, all of us sitting in this room, if we do have people in our lives, whether it's our familial, if it's our parents, or if it's our children, or if it's our significant others, they know we're crazy. And if they don't, we're, we're keeping it from them. And, and, and we have that. I mean, I keep, I even keep some of my real crazy from my husband, you know, because, you know, they may leave. Um, so, so, uh, but oh my gosh, my life today. I have my big book, I have my program, and the road does get narrower. And so now, I have this little thing I want to share. I'm just going to wrap it up, and that is, I have this little thing, and I, I, it's a mishmash of everything like my, my, um, my sponsor has given me, and then my sponsee's little different ideas, and I call it a recipe for recovery. And this is it. It's on a little little card here. And what I do in the morning now, remember I was just saying the third step prayer? I have a 10-minute, because for me to meditate is not always a, 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 an easy thing. So I sit, and I try to do this for 10 minutes. Not always, but this recipe you can work in five. I figured that out. Um, but here's what it is. I do the serenity prayer twice. I say the first three steps of OA. I look at my list of character defects, which is in the handwriting of my original sponsor, my darling little 18-year-old darling girl, okay? And then I say the seven-step prayer. And then uh, from that, I also do the upon awakening, because for me, that's good. And then I just do a little mantra, whatever that mantra is, and the peace of God is with me now, peace of God. And I try to do that. And then when my timer goes off, I call my sponsor, and I hang up the phone. And then uh, a half hour goes by, and I have a latte. And then my 7 o'clock, my calls come. And then from there, I go out of my day. And I try to take God with me, and I just try to um, take the program with me. And I am incredibly grateful for the program. It is literally like, it's a blueprint for my life. And, um, and I'm, I'm very, very grateful. And um, I think that's it. Thanks for letting me share.
I have five minutes. Okay, so how about any questions? Anybody have any questions? Yes, so the question is, um, my alcoholic foods, can I list some of those? Well, let me see if I can remember them. Um, here they are. Ice cream. Oh, God. I used to eat that ice cream like, you know, okay. I used to go into a, uh, what, what do we, well, we called it something, but it was like a Haagen-Dazs coma or something. We'd have those. Okay, ice cream, candy, potato chips, potato chips, um, we have three. Okay, ice cream, candy, potato chips, pasta. Um, see what it is? Wow. This will be an interesting podcast, won't it? They're listening to this thing. Mm, I wonder what those last four four items were. Um, let me see. As I'm as I'm thinking, it, hopefully it'll come to me. And and uh, maybe if you called out foods, I probably could let you know what it is. But, but that is that that is. Uh, no 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 not not necessarily cake because what, what candy 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 covers a lot of bases. Um, but uh, uh, if I think of it, I'll, I'll let you know. Oh oh my. God, you ready? Table bread. Okay, table bread. Now, I will have a sandwich that's very specific, table bread, and I will argue about anything. Is that a table? I'll just say to somebody, is that a table? No. Is it a basket? I, I used to call it basket bread. I'd say, is that in a basket? My husband would say, Peggy, no, no, no. It's in a bowl, but it could be a basket. So, so okay, so I remembered another one. Thank goodness. So, yeah, basket bread, and yet I still will have a sandwich, you know. So, um, uh, let me see. So, it is sort of, you know, my abstinence is, oh, I love my abstinence, and, 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 and because I love it because I have a higher power that helps me through that. If I think of anything else, I'll let you know. Any sugar? No, sugar, sugar, no, donut. No, I don't eat donuts, but, huh? Oh, no, French fries I do have. No, I have French fries, but I don't eat those things. And I report them when I do, but it's not, it's not like on my daily thing. But it's a little, you know, it's, it is, it is what it is there. Yeah, yeah. So it's not sugar. It's not, I've, I haven't done that. But again, once again, the road gets narrower and my sponsor keeps on talking about that. And I have lately really uh, been trying to, when I feel as if I can feel it. And, you know, we know this thing. It's like you can feel yourself. You're heading in that direction. Then I'll say, okay, I need to commit my food. And then I just either call her or I text her and I say, okay, this is what I'm having so I don't get myself into trouble. So, yeah. Oh, oh, so the question was, where did you start? When I started 10 years ago, the road gets narrower. No, no. What I mean by the road gets narrower, and this is another one of those, you know, we have our sayings, don't we? And I remember when I first came in, they said, more will be revealed. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm sticking around just for that. You know? It's like, wow, more will be revealed. But the road gets narrower is that, you know what? In order for me to stay abstinence from whatever those seven or eight foods are that I can't even remember, okay? But trust me, I do not eat them, right? But in order... But in order to do that, I now have to do 10 minutes of meditation in the morning. I now have to make sure that I take on, at, have at least three or four sponsees. I now have to always, when I possibly can, be of service no matter what. That's what I mean by the road gets narrower. The road does get narrower sometimes, not necessarily the food. And yes, the food can be narrower as well, you know. So, And, and in some ways, my food... It really hasn't changed that much. It's really kind of been the same, and I, I cannot tell you. Somebody told me once, 
and they probably should never have said this, but I'm just going to be honest. They said, and it was that original sponsor, she said, you have a high bottom. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> whoa, that, I, that's, you know, to a compulsive overeater, it's like, wow, what can I get away with, you know? And I, that will scare me sometimes. And now, you know, sometimes I'll say to my sponsor, you know, I get scared if I, I've been around a long time now, and I see people, and I meet people, and maybe they, they relapse and they come back, and I'll say to my sponsor, it scares it scares the crap out of me, and she says it should, and that's 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 the bottom line. So that's the the road gets narrower there. I think that's my time. Thank you so much. <laughs>